Hi, and welcome to the Crossroads Generation Go podcast. We hope and pray and believe that this message will challenge you, impact you, and encourage you. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can go to www.crossroadslismore.com. Awesome. Isn't it interesting how God sets things up and does whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it? He's no respecter of persons. I had this really good idea, had this great message from at least eight, nine years ago that I thought, hey, yeah, I might, might share that. And he said, no. So it's good to be obedient too, right? Otherwise, you'd be hearing all about something else today. Interesting, though, we will be spending some time in Luke 10, which was read from at the start of the service this morning. I think Jesus is amazing. I'm glad a few of, few of the people agree with me. <laughs> you know, even just um, reliving that parable as, as Robin was sharing through communion, it's really amazing how the, you know, we can, we can all speculate when Jesus is drawing in the dust, Right. And um, I'm sure I've speculated probably five or six different scenarios there. And knowing God, he'll have a much better scenario. And whatever happened was wonderful and amazing. And I'll never guess it. But this morning I was sitting there. And I thought when he was there, because, you know, Jesus was the only one that could actually cast a stone at that point in time. So even based on his instruction, those without sin cast the first stone. He actually had the right to do that according to the law. So this morning I speculated him going, mercy triumphs, probably in symbols. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And then probably thought, I hope James sees that. But... Realistically, we serve an amazing God. And his love is so pure and it's so amazing. It doesn't mean that his love does not discipline us. But we can run into his arms so long as we don't want to hold on to sin. We can run into his arms if we are not so full of ourselves that we can humble ourselves before him. And that's the beautiful thing that was contrasted so wonderfully in the Gospels. When they decided to test him, when they'd they'd caught that woman and and brought them before him. So the parable that we're looking at today, this one's a parable, so I don't have to call it a story or a factual. (laughs) But the background to this is, is what I find most interesting. So we're going to start at Luke 10, 25. 
And behold, a certain lawyer stood and tested him, saying... Now, it didn't say, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and inquired because he really wanted to know the answer. It said he stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Don't you just love the way Jesus answers questions? Or doesn't, as the case may be. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he threw questions back at the lawyer. And the lawyer goes to verse 27 and he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. It would have been really wise to end the conversation there. However, wanting to justify himself, oh, who knows that that's not a good idea? <laughs> wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbour? So what does that do? That qualifies who I'm supposed to love. So how about you tell me who I'm supposed to love and who I'm not supposed to love. Define neighbour for me. Well, Jesus answers in such an amazing way again. And we'll bring a couple of things out of this. <clears throat> so Jesus answered and said... A certain man went down from Jerusalem. We know this parable very well, but I just love the reason for the parable as well. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Now, a lot of people would like to read a lot into this. Being a parable, answering a question about neighbour, I'm not sure it's all there. But it's okay. But this is someone who you would expect to be a neighbour. But he passes on the other side. Interesting how Jesus does this. Really, really amazing. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. Again, another beautiful example of who would likely be a neighbour in that situation. Have you ever asked God a question and he's actually turned it on its head with you? Like he's completely answered something else but answered your question by showing you perhaps that you might have been in error? Mm. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him 
and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The beautiful thing here is Samaritan's supposed to be the enemy, not the neighbor. So Samaritans and Jews were like polar. Yet the compassion lent him to begin to do this extravagant love. So we've just touched on it so far, but he's stopped. He's dressed the wounds. He's put out expensive things to try and help this man and then taken him, placed him on his own donkey, I imagine, and took him to an inn so that he'd be taken care of. On the next day when he departed, so he stayed there that night, he took out two denarii. Who are the scholars out there that can tell me how much that is? It's all right. You don't have to say it too loud. <laughs> I think it's, it's a good bit of money, but nothing compared to what he then commits to. He gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend. This is an open checkbook. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. This is extravagant love. This isn't just looking after him, getting him to the local hospital and making sure he's there. It's actually saying, hey, look, I'll pay your hospital bill and... Basically, whatever you guys do to make him well or however long that half-dead person needs to be with you and be looked after, I'll foot the bill. Then Jesus again answers a question with a question. So which of these three do you think was a neighbour to him who fell among thieves? Do you see what he's done there? The question asked was, who is my neighbour? And Jesus is saying, so who would the neighbour be based on their actions? So really he's turning it around and saying, so are you a neighbour? Wow. Wow. And out of his own mouth, the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him then Jesus said, go and do likewise, just in case he was confused. You know, you could be confused and say, my neighbour is the one that would have that mercy on me and love me so extravagantly in that situation, therefore they're the only ones I need to love. But he made sure he knew exactly what he meant when he said, now go and do likewise, you be the neighbour. You be the one who extravagantly loves. Now, back in the context, he was being tested. And the man tried to justify himself by, who, this one, you can't really define this, so we'll we'll try and trip you up here. And 
Jesus turned this completely around to say, are you a good neighbor? What is it that makes you a good neighbor? Unfortunately for all of us, it's extravagant love. (laughs) It's extravagant love. Now, Jesus, who does like to turn things on their head a little bit, in Matthew 5, 43, he said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. So the context of the parable that he put before the lawyer to answer his question was literally saying, those that you think should be the neighbours to this person were not. The one who showed mercy and compassion and then followed it up with extravagant love is the neighbour, and he was someone who should be the enemy of the person that he did that to. That kind of leaves us all falling a little bit short. Extravagant love is something that we're not capable of. Consistently, I cannot say that I've been a good neighbour. Now, last week, we had an incredible sermon on the love of God. Chris shared from his heart, it was beautiful. If you haven't heard it, jump on the resources page, Spotify. It was awesome. One thing he pointed out there is that our concepts of love are kind of in primary colours. Yet the love of God has no boundary in the mix of colours. So this parable basically says the neighbour is the one who loves like God loves. So go and do likewise. I haven't got the capacity to do that. I speculate that you don't either. However, how does that happen? How do we love like God loves? We heard earlier, you know, in our time of worship, let's not just sing the words, let's actually adore him. What gives us the capacity to adore him? If you were here last week, you did get homework, and that was the three letters of John, one, two, and three. If you read the homework, <laughs> you, would, um, you would have come across where it said, we can only love him because he first loved us. And this was explained in the, in the message, which was done so wonderfully, that 
The love of God and receiving the love of God is the source that we need to tap into. And by tapping into that and the depths of that, we're compelled to do things. Like, it's, it's no longer, oh, this is the way we're supposed to behave. It's a compelling that's really inside of you. Because you don't have the capacity to do this. You, do not, you cannot look at this and think, okay, that's the way I need to behave and then suddenly start behaving that way. The love of God and the receiving of the love of God will make you want to love like he loves. It is so overwhelming. It is so completing. It is so fulfilling that your heart's desire will be to love to the capacity that you're being loved. This is what draws you into that, that place of adoration in him. I just want to be a great sponge. Because the more I can receive, the more I can give. The more I can see myself rightly, the more I can see my brothers, my sisters, my neighbours, whether they be enemy or friend, in the church, out of the church, persecuting the church. This is the love of God. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And if that wasn't true, I'd be in a lot of trouble. One of the things Chris shared is that we need to be good at receiving the love of God. But what does that mean? What does it look like? What does it look like for you? Receiving the love of God is something we do in a place of humility. As I mentioned before, we can run into his arms knowing that we're met by love because we're open and we know his love is so good and so pure and so amazing that even if he is correcting me, I benefit from that encounter with him. So we can run into his arms with that security that knows he loves me when we're prepared to be wrong. When we're prepared to let go of these things that we might hold on to just in, in our normal day-to-day life. If I had a prayer for myself and for everyone here, would that be that we would become amazing at receiving the love of God? Because it will change you. It will. You don't have a choice. That's where the power is. It transforms your life. 
We sing songs that say, no one compares to you. No one looks like you. But man, does it burn inside of you to want to look like him? Does it burn inside of you to love like he loves? Do you want to see people the way he sees people? That desire in itself is an open door for him to come in and transform you. He is amazing. We don't have to look at our, fall, our shortfall. We don't have to look at the, this parable and go, I'm not sure if I would have loved my enemy that well and opened the checkbook and said to the innkeeper, whatever it costs, no worries. We may not have gone that far. We might have been compassionate. We might have dressed the wounds and got them to somewhere where hopefully someone would look after them. But we don't have to judge ourselves on this. We just have to know that the capacity to do this is tied up in our ability to receive his love. When we receive his love, that transforms us. That changes the way we think. It changes what we do. It becomes a reflex to love like he loves. Not a, not a choice, not a burden, not a... Not a um, a legal thing that makes me think this is what I need to do but I literally go to a place where he has turned me into someone that looks more like him and is that not what we want that's the getting ready so father I just thank you for your goodness and I thank you that you are an amazing God, that we do not have to fear running into your arms. No matter what we have done or what we have not done, we can run into your arms because your love is to fill us with love so that we can become just like you. And God, whatever that takes, we want that. I thank you, Lord, your word, your word says that you resist the proud and you give grace to the humble. This parable is just a brilliant example of that. If I'm trying to test you, if I'm trying to get around you, I'll have all the wrong questions and you'll have all the right answers. But if I come before you with a genuine heart to learn, you will teach me the beauty of who you are. That will teach me how you see me. That will teach me how to look at others. So, Father, I pray you remind me to stay in a humble place before you. And to be that sponge, to be something that is just drawing your love and able to receive. God, I pray for each one of us that we will encounter your love in ways that we have never encountered your love before. That we will seek you 
in our own time with you, O God, and we will find you. And you will begin to pour that love out. And God, we will be more receptive than we've ever been. Because we want to love just like you love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love to us. And thank you that you first loved us to give us the capacity to love others and to love ourselves. We thank you, Jesus, for your example, for the way you showed love. I pray that you would just help us to be good examples and to show love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah.